You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. And frankly, it's a miracle you're able to do that. Why? Because Skype blows tonight. Skype absolutely blows tonight. Andrew! I, dude, I can't hear you. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Uh, what was that? How am I doing? Well, after the, after the no swearing <laughs> we talked about with Katie, I guess that's out the window. <laughs> oh, man, that's fun. Even sperm affected Skype, Andrew. <laughs> Dude, something like that. Oh, man, I was going to talk about how awesome the Indians pitching staff was, but they just gave up a run. Well, it gave uh, up, I think, in the 10th inning when they have that weird put a guy at second base rule. It's only the ninth. No. Oh, is it the ninth? Shit. Yeah. I thought it was already extra innings. Oh, it's because Brad Hand is in. Well, it's not a good hand job tonight. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, but, dude, that starting rotation is sick. And that's our fifth starter. Please sex our fifth starter. Uh... Start, that starting rotation is straight nasty. Yeah. The Braves, on the other hand, they don't know what they want to be. So, I don't know. This is going to be a weird. Ah, it's not even going to finish. So, we don't need to talk too much about baseball. Don't talk to me in another month, and we'll see. We'll see how I feel about the season. Yeah, we'll see if there is a season. Oh, man. I tell you what, I could go for uh, Carlos Correa getting the ball thrown behind him again. and Or, no, no, he got, he got struck out. It was Bregman who had the ball thrown behind him. It was Bregman who had the ball thrown behind him, and Major League Baseball decided that they would punish the pitcher that did it more than they punished the Astros. Actually, Andrew, you and I have suffered as much penalty as the cheaters who cheated their way yeah. to a World Series victory. So that, that takes something. Well, except that I don't make people... People don't make me feel bad for being a piece of shit uh, like they do uh, the Astros. Like, everybody just makes them... Uh, dude, I, they just look like they're... They look sad. They know. And they know. Like, Bregman's face last night was just priceless. Like, he just, like, <laughs> why'd you throw that at me? Like, that's what he looked like he was thinking. Like, this is so, this is, he's the meanie. And if they think meanie. Fisher's bad, wait till fans can come back. Fans aren't going to forget. Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, I was listening to sports radio today and I hear a bunch of, I don't want to say I say a bunch of like it's bad, but they, you know, they were talking about the incident last night. I did. Uh, do you find it interesting how many people are like 
anti like throwing at players when that's like always been part of the game. I don't think you should go for the head ever. Right. Um, but I mean, that is, it's like, it's always been part of the game. And if there is a group of people who deserve it, it's the Astros. Yeah. Like they deserve to be hit by pitches all season long. Like they should set a record for, hit by a pitch in a single season this season that's only 60 games i mean they were getting tossed at in the warm-up games right so i mean it's, it's gonna happen and, it, and a... it should like if if manfred is gonna pussyfoot around and not give them anything then it's up to the players period and i'm you sorry know... if it hurts your behind a little bit you know, and the players are going to take it into their hands because the opposing players are the ones that got screwed. And, and on a lot of levels, it's not just teams that lost to the Astros in the playoffs, teams that lost the World Series to the Astros. It's ERAs. You know, it's ERAs. Um, you know, MVP awards are handed out based on, you know, statistics. You have, uh, you have maybe some fringe players. Who... Right, yeah, th- that's the biggest one. Like fringe yeah. relievers, sure, who might be out down. Of, uh, might be been sent down and now out of work because of, I mean, I'm sure they're working, but out of baseball because of what those players did. Like that's a reality in yeah. sports. Like it is, you are indispensable unless you are Mike Trout. Like yes. you are indispensable and. Yeah. Or you are dispensable. I'm sorry. I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. So uh, your ERA went up, especially in the age of analytics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're nothing more than a number on a spreadsheet. So if a cheater comes in and affects your number that causes you to get sent down or uh, DFA'd and, you know, you, you don't see the field again, that's, that, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, I have I have absolutely zero sympathy for any of them, and I mean it's it's going to follow these guys around forever. Yeah, I mean they're always going to be associated with it. These guys are going to try to go into other locker rooms with guys. Uh, they're going to get shit for it, and then you know on top of that, you get a guy like Verlander who you know was such a big oh cheating is wrong, and I think people are stealing signs from me. And then as soon as he goes there, all of a sudden he goes quiet. And when it comes yeah. up, does he, you know, does he come out and say anything? No, no, everything's cool now. I got my ring. Everything's cool. No big deal. Uh, mm. uh, let's see what else. So we, we did interview, or we had a conversation with a with a longtime listener, um, our, our Cleveland Marathon entry winner. Yeah, uh, no, you you didn't you didn't miss it this year. We didn't do one um, because I'm not an ambassador anymore, and there was no Cleveland Marathon. This was our uh, conversation with our winner from last year. Um, Fourteen months later. Yep. Uh, so we asked her to take us through that. Uh, now, K- Katie Byer, she's been a longtime listener. Uh, so you know, when we're talking about somebody who listened to us a you know over a year ago, I mean that's that's a it's an OG that's right long, there. Yeah, I mean she's she's been with us for a long time and we really you know appreciate people who listen to us i even confirmed with her before we started recording that she still listens to us and she does so so we got a few loyal ones 
I'm good with that. Hell, she was more loyal to this podcast than I was tonight. Damn right. Yeah, Adam uh, couldn't <laughs> Adam couldn't stay logged on. <laughs> nope. And uh, no. That did not make me very happy because I am exhausted and I cannot wait to get this over with. Well, thank you. It's good to talk to you too, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah. So how's uh? So we're we're gonna get to that in a few minutes, but we we got a little bit of time to sit here. We talk. Um. You know, we we did have some new developments. I know we don't want to talk too much about COVID. No. Um, but we did have uh, we did get some interesting news. I think it was Monday. Um, there were a few doctors. I wouldn't call it news. <laughs> uh, uh, so what do you make of these uh, fancy people in their white doctor coats with their with their hydroxychloroquine and their demon semen? You know, I think 2020 is the year where a lot of average people discover that just because you have a PhD or an MD after your name doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be idiots within those, within those professions. Um, and I know that that's honestly, that's tough for the average, that's tough for the average person to probably come to terms with or understand because it's like, you know, I'm the son of two nurses. I'm just going to trust doctors. I'm going to trust the doctors nor right. know more about this than I do. But, um, you know, in, in an age like this where you've got a pandemic going on, this is where I don't I don't blame people that lap some of the stuff up. I, I'm pretty empathetic with them because we're in this super uncomfortable moment where just, you know, we don't have any true normalcy going on. And you, you want an exit ramp, you know, you want something that, that tells you, like, this can all end. And so, you know, when you find an media outlet or political leaders that are willing to, you know, hear somebody and exploit what they have to say and try to use it, um, those are the people that it's like, you know, fuck them eternally. Like, it's just, it's so wrong to exploit that, especially given how it's being done and for the reason that it's being done. Um, I, I don't feel empathy for those people. I, I, I feel I, like I have to. I, I Well, I, I don't. I'm saddened. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I have a lot of people who, um, who I've, I, you know, helped mold me into the man that I became. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very silly on this podcast. I'm very silly in real life, but you know, a lot of people who had profound impact on me mm-hmm. and, you know, raised me to believe certain things. And, um, and I, I see, I see what they eat up now and I, it hurts. Like, oh, I'm sure saddens me and it hurts and i'm just like and i you can't you can't reason with them at all. no and that 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 i think that's that's discouraging I, I understand what you're saying about like you you want an exit ramp and and i do i do get that i think what sucks is like our exit ramp no okay not our their exit ramp is <laughs> a few exits too early <laughs> and yep. uh you know, the thing about that is, though, is it really isn't like truly like they can they can watch these doctors and share these videos and, you know, bemoan the deep state and everybody that's out to get Trump. But it isn't like them believing it does anything. 
it's not going to get them this drug. It's not going to mean that businesses no. open back up. You know, it's, I was thinking about this today. I went out for a hike. It's almost like going out for a 20 mile out and back run in the middle of summer and turning around at mile 10, getting to mile 11 and being like, man, I went too hard. Like I can't finish this. Like I'm done. You can do that at mile 11. It doesn't change the fact that the car is still nine miles away and you have to get back to your car. Right, and I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like we're heading for the same destination. They're just <laughs> they're taking the long and twisted way there. Right. It's like and, it isn't. It is. It's not going to get them anywhere. It's not like right. it's not going to change anything. It's just going to make it's going to make an angry group of people angrier. I know what you're saying, though, it, and it's it's really tough to be empathetic because you know the decisions that some of these people make they have profound impact on the rest of society. Like we're dealing with this virus that you can carry and be asymptomatic. And if you don't take the proper precautions, you can spread it to people that might come down with a more severe case. And when you sow doubt in the medical community, in the scientific community, um, you know, that exit ramp, if they do try to get off a little early and, and stop observing, you know, some of the protocols that we're supposed to be adhering to, then yeah, I mean they can they can risk getting other people sicker. We're where we're at right now compared to much of the rest of the developed world because we chose to kind of do the half-assed approach to it. Damn right we did. Yeah. America, baby. Yeah. I'm great. USA. USA. Um so I uh I have kind of an interesting story from yesterday. And okay. then, uh I don't know we'll, where we'll go from there. There was something but, uh, like that. I don't remember what it was. I'll think of it. Go ahead. So yesterday I was at work and I was uh, I was at the University of Akron. And, you know, it was hot out. And um, a lady that was at the building that I needed to be at, she was outside. And she, was, she had a blanket around her. Because the building, there's something wrong with their air conditioner. Okay. And um, so it's actually running too well. So it's like super cold. And I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get into that cold building because it is hot out here. Right. And I keep my bedroom like a meat locker. So, you know, I'm totally cool with super cold inside, not outside. I hate winter. Um, but uh, she said, oh, you should feel my hands. Because she was saying, like, it's really too cold. Feel my ha- how cold my hands are. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, and she a- actually, like, approached me and, like, went to, like, put her arm or her hand on my arm. And I was like, you can't touch me. She continued to come at me. That's and weird. I actually, Outside like, this. I, right. Um, and I actually, like, yelled at her. And this is a customer of the company that I work for. I actually yelled at her, you can't touch me. She, like, rolled her eyes as if to say, oh, you're one of those. That's just weird outside of a pandemic. I mean, I, I'm pretty I, – dude, I'm a, I'm a – I'll, I'll high-five, touch. Sli- I, I don't know. I guess stranger, yeah, it's a little weird. But um, – you know what I do hate and I don't miss is sometimes people are like when they go to tell you a story or like a joke or something, they like slap you like in the arm. Right. You know, those people. Hey, guy. Nope. I hope that I hope that goes away. Like uh, forever. 
I'm cool with like handshakes coming back because I do miss shaking hands. I know it's kind of gross now that we think about it, but I feel like I haven't met anybody in four months. No, you really like to do the first few weeks of this, like when I would meet somebody new at work, because, you know, I'm in a I'm in customer sites all the time. And so you I shake I would shake a lot of people's hands, but you would go and you'd like, uh, hey, I'm Dave. Hey, Dave, I'm Andrew. It's nice to. uh, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. (laughs) Like that would kind of be it. Like you feel like you never actually. Like met someone. I actually entered a few conversations with. I'll I'll meet you officially one day, because it just there's just something there's something physiological missing in meeting somebody right now, and I can't wait to have that back. It, it's funny you mention not meeting new people because I I filled out a questionnaire today. I signed up, and I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. But the the vaccine that is furthest along is the Oxford vaccine. Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine and they apparently are having difficulty finding volunteers or finding enough volunteers for phase three of their trials and so um, I signed up today to possibly be a participant and I had to fill out uh, a survey and one of the things that I had to fill out was essentially like you know how many people do you interact with in your work environment how many people do you interact with in your home environment how many people do you interact with outside of work and I had to think like I don't know how to answer that question because other than going to the grocery store, I can count on one hand the number of times since the lockdown lifted that I've like gone out and hung out with friends. And it was just weird. It's like, I really don't do that much anymore. I pretty much just keep to myself in my little hobbit hole of a, of an apartment that I'm in. And uh, it was just, it was bizarre to think about because I mean I tended to be a fairly social guy before all this happened and now it's like I keep up with my friends but I just don't go out that much right now I I can't believe you want to get the vaccine you know they just want to give us vaccines so that we become not religious you know what I'm I'm looking for (laughs) that injection of alien DNA man dude hit me with it you know I I remembered what I was going to tell you now um as discouraging does as it some involve of the... wet dreams in any way, shape, or form, it does not. All this is relevant. If you are disgusted, really I mean, if you're disgusted by this, um, I'm sorry. It's it's been what's her um, name? It is what a world, what a time to be alive, where we can talk about demon semen, alien DNA, wet dreams, what's and it's name? all relevant to a news cycle. Oh, God, what's her name? I have to look this up. It's Emmanuel something. COVID doctor Emmanuel. Stella Emmanuel. Just look her up, guys. Just Google Stella Emmanuel. And, um, yeah. Yeah, she's something. Anyway, what I was going to tell you. She is. Oh, she's something. Um, What I was going to tell you is that as discouraging as it can be to see this disinformation shared and see it circulated on Facebook, which you don't have to see if you add a newsfeed eliminator to your, to your um, browsers. Do it folks. It's a really good idea. Um, I'm so I, you know, I work in the service industry, obviously deal with a lot of different people coming in, you know, just in passing. Uh, so in Ohio, we didn't have the statewide order until last week, which means two weekends ago, different counties were under an order 
but not a statewide order. And that essentially left a lot of ambiguity to what was to what was going on. And we would see this with people coming into work. And for some people, it was just kind of a, well, hey, I'm going to kind of see if they're going to enforce this sort of thing. And for others, you know, we still, I work in a restaurant that's by a lot of hotels. We would still get people coming in from other parts of the state or from out of state where maybe there weren't many mask orders you know, who genuinely didn't know. And so two weekends ago, we ran into some pushback on this. People that would come in, we wouldn't have them. We would tell them, like, hey, sorry, we're not going to admit you without one. Like, when you're not at your table, you need to be wearing one. We got some pushback on that. Ever since Governor DeWine just did what he should have done in May, should have fucking done it in May, Mike, um, people, haven't given us Mike. A, people haven't given us any pushback. They've just simply done what, they've supposed, what they're supposed to be doing. So it's like it's frustrating to see this stuff, I'm sure, you know, getting retweeted and, and showing up on your Facebook news feed because it makes you wonder about the sanity of the world. But by and large, I maintain my belief that social media is not the real world. And when I see it in real world scenarios and when I talk to people that I serve um, in the real world, like I've had people tell me like flat out, like, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable and I'm not even sure if it's necessary, but it's what they want me to do. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm just going to do it. No, there's a lot of crazy shit out there. Well, one reason to feel optimistic is if you haven't been able to find masks, which now you can because they're all over the place. Everywhere. You can go to rustbeltrunning.com. Yeah. We have, you can sport your out and about. We have masks. We also have a special uh, black and white one um, that simply says, say her name on it. And it is... uh, it is for Brianna Taylor. A hundred percent of all profits, not proceeds, but profits, will go to uh, Justice for Brianna Taylor Fund. <clears throat> so um, I did order some of those masks, and they look handsome. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna put together a giveaway uh, next week. Uh, we're not gonna be recording an episode next week, but we uh, I'll be working on some. Uh, be working on some giveaway stuff for you, and we'll have some fun on the social networks. And uh, another th- a story for me from last week is uh, I was I, I had had a cough in the middle of the week, and uh, I actually took um, some time off just with a cough. I wasn't you know really didn't have any other symptoms, muscle pain that I mainly attributed to probably being from the cough, which I still kind of have. Um, but it didn't seem to get better over two or three days off of work. So Friday, <coughs> right on cue. There you go. Um, Friday, I, uh, I decided that I was going to do a, um, like a virtual visit with a doctor. Well, I got, I, I, it wasn't a doctor, but a nurse practitioner. And the visit was, um, now granted that it was through my wife's work. Um, she works at a hospital. But um, there's a lot of free virtual doctor's visits for COVID-related visits right now um, that you can find on Google. Maybe we'll try to find find some and post them somewhere. Uh, If you have mild symptoms of COVID, do that. It seriously took – I think my appointment was 10 minutes. 
And by the end of it, I had an order for a test. I had a note to send to work to be like, he can't come to work until he's negative and is free of symptoms. Um, and it, it was easy. I went and I got, dude, that test is no joke. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Ooh, boy. Well, and I was shocked, too, when she walked out to my car. Um, well, first, okay, so to finish the thought I was saying. So, telemed visit, you can find them for free. The testing is free. I got my results in three days, and that was with, that was over a weekend, too. So I'm, and I wasn't getting the results from the hospital. I was getting results from the doctor's office. And so I don't think they were even doing them over the weekend, or do it, like, communicating the results over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, it was it was three days, and it, you know, it's worth it. It was worth it for me, you know, being somebody who is at customer sites yeah. for work. I, so, one, I don't know them and where they've been. It's different right. customers every day, and they don't know me. And you know, I it's not. It wasn't for me that I wanted the test. I would have continued to go to work through this little allergy chest cold thing that I got going on. I would have worked through that. Absolutely. But it's a pandemic. It's a different time. And until I knew that I did not have COVID-19, um, I, uh, I, I wasn't, it just was not prudent for me to go to work. So I didn't, and I was able to get tested and it was easy and it hurt for like two hours afterwards. I was coughing all day after I got mine back in May. Well, that's because they gave it to you. Dude, the 5G was really messing with the microchip they put in there. Dude. Today. Doesn't matter that we carry around this fun with us everywhere we go. It's the chip they're trying to implant into us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I love that about... I love I that about conspiracies is that like 30 seconds of thought with most of them. And you're like, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, one of my friends from work had texted me this the other day and I text him, I responded back and I, he said, since you got tested for COVID, does Obama come take your guns now? Or is that only with a positive <laughs> result? And I just said, I think it all depends on if my body rejects the microchip they implanted in me yesterday when I got swabbed. Oh, so, my God. Really? Uh, but I'm like, I go back and reread this, and I could not help but, like, it, it went from funny, which is still funny. Yeah. Um, but it went from funny to kind of sad because I'm like, there are people who really, like, maybe not that exact thing, but, like, that's as asinine as some of those theories get. Yep. So, um, I tell you what is not a conspiracy theory is, uh, Adam and I, we, we, we didn't talk about it. I think the last couple of weeks, but, um, we greatly encourage you to, um, give, you know, through these times of rebuilding your house that we've been talking about, um, to kind of reduce some of the injuries, some of the, um, you know, sports inflicted inflammation. What's the word that they use? Do you know where I'm going with this? This no. is a Charlotte's Web 
thing, and I don't have a script in front of me. Oh. Yeah, you probably should have given me a tip off on this. Exercise-induced inflammation? Exercise-induced inflammation. Yes. Um, you know, as, as we kind of get back into running and we get back into rebuilding our house, I think it's a very useful tool um, in your arsenal of, uh, of recovery. Uh, it's, you know, helped me greatly through training for Glass City. Um, it helps me sleep better. The, the beer really did that to me last night. Ooh, it was a rough night. Um, but, you know, there's also topicals and there's gummies that you can take for stress, sleep. I'm playing my guitar the whole time we've been doing this, by the way. So I was hearing it uh, earlier. I'm not hearing it right now. Oh, were you hearing it when I was doing this? Um. But, yeah, so Charlotte's Web, it's a great product. Adam and I have been taking it for months. We really believe in it, and uh, well, I think that's something that you should give a shot to right now. So as good a time as any. So you can actually um, go to cwhemp.com. You can go to rustbeltrunning.com. Uh, we have uh, links there that you can click. You can also use our discount. What did I just say? Something like the list count code. <laughs> That's the that's the exhaustion talking. Um, you can use our discount code, RBRCBD, and save yourself fifteen percent off. So it's good on anything but bulk orders. Uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely think you should give it a shot. Adam does too. Um, yes. I, one other thing I think you should give a shot is this interview with our friend Katie Byro. Uh, really cool story about. Um, she, she talks about the, probably the coolest gift she's ever given her dad. And I definitely, that's, a, that's almost too weak of a tease, but you really should listen to it. And Adam, you should too, because you weren't there for half of it. Yeah, Skype sucks tonight. Yeah, it does. to do this. But we do all the hard work so you don't have to. So, uh... <laughs> So enjoy this uh, conversation with a uh, longtime listener and new friend of the pod, Katie Byro. Katie, thanks for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We had nothing to talk about this week, so we had to we had to find somebody to talk to besides ourselves. We would have figured it out, but this was perfect. I appreciate being the fill-in. No, no, this is perfect. So you, now it's a long time coming that we uh, sit down and talk with you uh, because last year you actually won our Cleveland Marathon entry giveaway that we did. So I'm going to ask you real quick to to recap a race from 14 months ago because there's no other races to recap at the moment. Oh, you mean the horrendous Cleveland Marathon? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for um, doing that because the, obviously the entry was much appreciated. Um, I actually was going into that race. I was raising funds during that race um, for a organization out here in Westlake, Ohio called Youth Challenge. So it was pretty cool that I got a free entry because I was raising funds at the same time. Um, so yeah, that race was did not obviously go as 
planned. I don't think it did for anybody because that heat was out of control. Right. So <laughs> I, um, I trained hard and I did the best I could on that day. Um, but you know, I ran the full. God, that was, I mean, doing a half was awful that day. I can't imagine what doing the full was like. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it started out great. And then it was probably like mile 12. Well, maybe mile 14 is when the heat just started really getting to me. And I was just crumbling. But I did finish. So There's that's, something to be said for that. that weather. Yes. That's absolutely awful. And yeah. Adam, Adam says he's not hearing me very well. Like, yes. I can kind of hear you, but you're like, really distance it's like you're talking to me from another room yeah it sounds like that for me too oh my gosh really all right i'm gonna edit this part out right <laughs> obviously um so now you're better that's oh, yeah. weird yeah because i didn't do anything no, it was just really random. Just like there was a minute there where like I could kind of tell you were talking, but I really couldn't hear you very well. Huh. Yeah. Sorry about that. No worries. So, uh, Katie, why don't you give us a little bit of your uh, running background? So we know you've at least run one full and it was awful. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about uh, just the rest of what you've done in uh -huh. your running. Yeah, well, it's well. I've always enjoyed running, um, like ever since I was, um, I think I started running in my early twenties and it was just more casual running. Like I did some five K's here and there and, you know, I'd go out for like four or five miles, but that was really all. I didn't really start distance running until about four years ago. And my first, um, distance run was the towpath half marathon in 2016 and then I really got the bug for longer distances so I did that and then I did um a few other halves and then I did my first full um which was the towpath again in 17 and then um I was going to run another full in 18 and I couldn't because I had an injury. So I ended up doing actually the Akron half. I was going to do the full in the fall and I ended up doing just the half, which was awesome though, because I PR'd it. And then I went on and did the Cleveland full. And yeah, and then I was going to do another half um, in the fall and I got injured again. Oh no. So, yeah, what's, it's been a roller coaster of injuries. <laughs> what what type of injuries you've been battling? Um, I've had a lot of problems with my IT band, mm. which I'm sure if you've dealt with that, you know that yep. that's awful. <laughs> and then I had a um, just kind of like a stress fracture on my foot um, oh. last fall. Yeah, it slowly came on, and um, so I dealt with that through the winter and then in January of this year, I had actually gotten a running coach 
and was training for um, the Toledo Glass City, which oh. obviously never happened, which sucked because I was just so, I mean, it was oh. great. It was great training and yeah, so that was pretty disappointing. So that was the see. worst. Yeah, I know. I I know. And then, you know, obviously there, there's been really nothing to train for. So I've pretty okay. much been training for life. I've been training for, you know, whatever comes at me. <laughs> Were you doing any sort of specific structure? Or was it just like, eh, I'll run when I feel like running? Um, after everything got canceled? Yeah. Um, I mean, I still have my coach and she was still you know, giving me my weekly runs and stuff. Um, but we were more just focusing on um, just maintaining and she kind of lowered my mileage and um, we added some shorter speed stuff in there. Just thinking, well, maybe if some 5Ks come up, maybe I can at least work on those. But I've only, I only did one virtual 5K. It's, it's so hard for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the same. And but I do think that's like such a good motivation to have is cuz those are those are going to be the first races to come back. They're going to be the smaller town, you know, local races like that. So you'll get a few halves here and there, but it's going to be a lot of 5Ks and maybe a 10K or something. So it's a good chance to go after PRs and distances that we as, you know, longer distance runners just don't typically train for and race for. And it's only going to be better for you once um, marathon training can resume. And hopefully we're able to do that next year. I got to add, you said Glass City. Did you get your, did they send you a finisher pullover and medal? Because I got one. Did you? No, yeah. I didn't one. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't sign up for the virtual. Yeah, I didn't sign up for the virtual either, which is yeah, I, why I didn't get one. <laughs> well, I went out to my mailbox one day. No, I was, uh, I was sitting on my front porch, and my mailman handed me this little package, and I looked at it, and it was like Toledo Runner Club. I was like, what? And I opened it up, and I don't know what to do with the medal. Uh, fortunately, the pullover does not say finisher on it anywhere. So mm-hmm. I feel like I, I can still rock that. Yes, that's acceptable. Good. I'm oh, yeah. I, I'm a little I have your approval. Uh, so, Katie, you have an awesome story from a couple weeks ago um, that I, I know there's some detail you may or may not be able to go into, but it's what kind of prompted me wanting to ask you this or to come on to our uh, podcast because you had posted – a few weeks ago on your Instagram, which is KT Byro, K, the letters KT and then Byro, B I R O. Um, wow, just wow, I can't even begin to describe the last few days. And you go on to talk about how you gave your dad one of your kidneys. I did. <laughs> and that is so badass. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Um, it's not, I don't feel like it's that badass, I guess maybe because I've been through it now. Um, and it's actually not nearly as awful as one would think. Um, but yeah, I did it and I'm, I'm now 
part of the one kidney club. So how did that, like, what made you decide you were going to, besides him needing one, obviously he was in need of a kidney. You don't give somebody a kidney they don't need. Like, here's a third one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, what, what brought it on that you wanted to give him yours? Well, um, it kind of started, so my dad was diagnosed um, probably like four or five years ago with um, kidney failure. And so eventually, um, about three years ago, he had to start dialysis. Um, so he's been going to dialysis now for three years. Um, after like the first six months on dialysis, um, me and my siblings, there's actually eight of us, it's a big family. Holy smoke. I know. <laughs> um, we decided that we, um, we wanted to, one of us to give my dad a kidney if we could, like that would just be awesome. We didn't want him to live on dialysis and we knew because of his age, he's 70 now, but he was in his late sixties then that he didn't, um, his chances of getting one uh, from a deceased donor were not very likely. Um, the cutoff for that is 72. So we weren't sure that that was going to happen. And with eight of us, I mean, why, why couldn't one of us give, give him a kidney? So, right. um, so, so yeah, so, so six months into his dialysis, um, he got tested to see if he was eligible for it. Um, and they actually ended up finding um, some cancer. He had prostate cancer. So he um, had to go through treatment for that. And he did that. And um, I think it was June or July, they gave him the all clear from that. And then he had to wait two years. He had to be cancer free for two years before he could test again to be eligible to get a kidney. So it was a really long road, but um, earlier this year, he went through that testing and was eligible. So then um, me and my brothers and sisters got together and we kind of decided who were the best people to get tested to see if they were eligible. So that's kind of where it started. <laughs> um, and we, there was like four of us that got tested to see if we were a match as far as like our uh, blood and tissue typing. And we were all matches. So then we just kind of determined from there um, who was gonna be the first one to go through the whole slew of testing you have to go through to see if you are healthy enough to give a kidney. And I was the lucky one. <laughs> so I gotta ask, how did you guys decide that i mean was it like a rock paper scissors tournament or <laughs> no we um we just kind of we looked at all four of us looked at like our lives and who would be like the best candidate based on like i don't have any children um where my one sister she has two small kids so obviously that um her recovery would be a lot more difficult with two little kids um, and then, um, my sister, my brother that tested, um, he, his job, he's an electrician. So his job is very physical. Right. So his recovery time 
is um, longer to where he'd be able to go back to work. And then my sister-in-law um, was the other one that got tested initially. And um, basically, she would do it in a heartbeat. I know she would, but um, she wants to have kids someday. And there's just um, a higher risk when you only have one kidney to have children. So that's where we were like, well, I'm going to go first. <laughs> so that's how it that's how it all happened. So I went through the whole testing process, which is, I mean, basically like the best physical you will ever get. And I was approved. That's and then so everything cool. just went so fast after that. <laughs> that is so freaking cool. Like that is, I don't know why that, I just think that's awesome. I think it's awesome because it is. I mean, it's just, that's absolutely the best gift you could give to somebody. So how's your dad feeling? I mean, you obviously sound like you're doing pretty well. You told me while we were having some of our technical difficulties um, <laughs> that uh, he's doing better than you. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely probably feels, he does feel better than I do just because, um, I mean, he gained something that he didn't have for the past three years, right. which was, you know, a continuous supply of um, fresh blood going through his body. Um, when he's on, when he was on dialysis, he, he would go three days a week um, and he would go for four hours a day. Now, mind you, my dad is like, amazing this amazing human he he worked he still worked while he was on dialysis which a lot of people don't because it's so taxing on your body um but he continued to work he would go to work in the morning and then dialysis in the afternoon and um he d just did all these things while he was on dialysis so he was pretty amazing but um yeah so he's got this fresh blood going through him 24 7 now so he feels great whereas you know i lost something that my body has to adjust to so it's um it's taking a toll i definitely am lacking energy right now but <laughs> i know it'll come back so well, that's crazy so you said he went three times a week for four hours a day so like when you you gave him an extra day a week of life yeah <laughs> that's i had no idea it was that frequent and that long that they yeah. that dialysis patients had to go that's amazing that you were able to kind of take that away from them and uh joining us again uh is adam wheeler <laughs> uh my uh temporary co-host for the week uh, <laughs> so she was you just missed like all the best part adam fantastic you're going to have to listen to your own episode. <laughs> yeah, which I never do. Oh. Well, great. This oh, has been man. this has been great on my end. Yeah. Yeah, you have something to look forward to next week when we don't record. I sure do. So, Katie, from a running standpoint, how is this uh What's your running recovery look like? Because obviously your your body is going through quite the adjustment. Oh, yes, it is. Um, well, um, it just kind of all depends. Like I, everybody's different in their recovery. Um, so 
my surgeon, um, who was absolutely amazing, um, down at the Cleveland Clinic, he he is very um, casual, and he told me, oh, you can start running, you know, two three weeks, you know, you can try it out, see how it feels. I'm at two weeks, and I, there's no way I would try running right now. <laughs> um, so I think um, I think I'll wait a couple more weeks, and then um, maybe try some run walks and see how that feels. But I am. Um, I have talked to several um, like kidney donors that, um, you know, are athletic people and it's, it's mainly just gaining that, um, you know, it's kind of like starting from scratch, I want to say, you know, um, just gaining all of that back because your body went through such a, such a turmoil. So I think um, at four weeks, maybe I'll try to start running again and see how it goes. But I yeah. know it'll come back. It's just going to take some time. It is so crazy to, you know, like I, th I think when you've done things and you've run marathons and you, you know, set PRs and halves and stuff like that to then have to go to, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm creeping on your Instagram. You then go to post a photo of your watch that shows that you walked 2.05 <laughs> miles in 50 minutes and one second. <laughs> oh, dude, I was so excited too. Not that that's not an accomplishment after what you went through, but it just shows how much that took it out of you. Yeah, they, um, that was one thing, you know, they said, you know, just walk as much as you can. So I kind of like, I've kind of set myself goals like the first week I wanted to be able to walk a mile and the second week I want to do two miles so this third week I want to make it to three miles I'm not so much worried about time I just want to like finish it because it's crazy how tired I am after walking two miles my body feels like it just ran a half marathon <laughs> do you do you find because there's this drastic stopping of your running that you're you're post recovery goals have changed is there like anything you want to specifically work on now that maybe you're kind of looking at this as like a time to reset oh definitely definitely so it's actually um funny i have speaking of in all the injuries that i've had i actually was um working through another injury um before this and my piriformis muscle i i don't know what caused it um, but it had been bothering me for a while. So I kind of said to myself, well, I'm not really going to take a break from running right now because I'm about to take a, a long break after this surgery. So that is um, when I go back, I definitely need to um, work, make sure I'm consistent on my exercises and get back to physical therapy so that that is healed properly so that I can run without any pain. So. Yeah, she needs to go see our friends at uh, Physio Orthopedic Performance that we interviewed last week. Yeah, I was just listening to that this morning on my walk, actually. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're kind of far away, though. But maybe. Where, where are you? Where are you at? Um, I'm so I'm... good at background that I don't even know where you're living. I'm in. Do you know where North Ridgeville is? Yes, yeah. I do. I grew up oh, in Columbia yeah. Station. Yeah, okay. I'm in North Ridgeville. Okay. So it's a little far from Akron, but it'd probably be worth a drive. 
Yeah, they seem like good dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I don't know what, what running is going to look like here in the future just because of the pandemic, but hopefully by spring I'll be ready to go with some races and they'll be having them. <laughs> so during our, uh, our, our little technical break where Adam was MIA for a little bit, um, I, I asked you um, how happy are you that this pandemic started in the summer? Uh, and But I also, you know, now thinking about your kidney thing, I, you timed that perfect to give to your dad <laughs> as well because there's no racing happening. I the know. Awesome? It's summertime. So everything's still really awesome to do outside, like go for two-mile walks in 50 minutes in one second. And, yeah, so get, why not go ahead and just give your dad a kidney now? It's I know. Perfect. Well-timed. The chips all fell um, just perfectly, actually. it's It actually happened. The surgery happened quicker than we thought, which was actually good. Um we were hoping it was going to happen even sooner because my parents are going to be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary in September. Um, but my, cause my dad has to kind of be quarantined for the first three months due to the immunosuppressants and everything. So we won't be able to have between that and the pandemic, we won't be able to have the, um, the big party we wanted to have. Um, but hopefully eventually we'll be able to celebrate that dialysis free so adam i don't know if you uh did you hear the part about how often and how long her dad had to go to dialysis that was when i came back in it's pretty amazing i i will look forward to hearing about that because that was you know obviously the big part of this conversation so (laughs) i'm sorry that i missed it it was you uh you I missed the ham to this sandwich, Adam. I just love technology. <laughs> I love the ridiculous like puns and analogies I come up with on the spot. Unless that's one. I don't know. Have you ever heard that saying before, Katie? Because I never have until I said it. No, that's a new one. I had not either. That is a new witty one. Andrew, pat yourself on the back for it. Done and done. All right. So, Katie, you're going to run Glass City next year. We're going to wish it into existence. Okay. Are you with how you feel now? You think, are, is a marathon in a year a realistic goal? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's very realistic. I will be, I will be running um, back and hopefully PRing at Glass City next year. That is. I would like to hear. My PR, I mean, my, so I was, um, and I'm not afraid to talk about my, I'm not like the fastest runner, so I'm not afraid to talk about it. But um, I, my goal for Glass City this year was very lofty, um, considering my, I ran Cleveland and I think it was like 411. Okay. Um, so my goal was pretty lofty, and I was trying to run a 345. Um, so that is definitely going to be my goal for next year, and hopefully, hopefully there's a race to run. Did you feel like your training was taking you there? Yes, 
Yes, oh. I'm, I'm so confident. I love my coach. Just a shout out to her, Alyssa Kolarik. She's awesome. And um, yeah, she, she She's was She's a great. Cleveland Marathon ambassador. Yes, yes. She is a, a very big runner and um, she's awesome. And she really, I think the training was really good. And I, I think I could have done it if there would have been a race. I feel like I heard that from so many people this spring. I was just like, going to say I, that. I, I was there. Like, I was there. I knew for a fact I was going to PR. I knew it for a fact after my 18-miler. Knew it. I ran one more week, and I was done. And 10 days later, it was canceled. And now you can keep training and maybe make a loftier goal for next year. I've been so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I've loved every minute of it. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm gonna get back into it. I. I have plans for it. Adam and I have been talking about rebuilding our house. That's the. That's the like analogy that we have for running right now. And, uh, yeah, I have plans for how I'm gonna do that. But I am enjoying, just, drinking lots of beer and just sitting outside and watching the sun set behind my trees i am totally cool with that it's been such a hot summer too that like i one is that without races i don't know that i would have had the wherewithal to train anyway and and two it's just with it being as hot as it is it's like eh screwed if you've got to have a summer where racing isn't going to happen in the fall this is the summer for it because it's just been such a long stretch of like mid 90s ridiculously hot weather where like even I'll get out of work sometimes. I work in the service industry, so I'll get out of work at midnight and I'll step outside and it's still like 83 degrees at midnight. And it's just, there's, there's no way to run in anything that's cool or comfortable when it's like that. So it is the best. Uh, oh, man. I love, I love sitting on my back porch. No shirt, short shorts, oh. beer in hand, working up a sweat, just sitting there. It is the best. Ugh. Yeah, I can't. The humidity is awful. I'm so trashy at heart. Like, it's... <laughs> like... Alright, I, I shared an embarrassing story. We're gonna let you go and, um, and, and go recover from your selfless <laughs> act of kidney giving. Uh, I'll never be able to say that on this podcast again. Uh, so a couple years ago, I was, uh, I, I was looking for a pair of like thin cotton shorts and I was on Amazon and I, um, you know, found what looked to be what I wanted and I want them to be like, maybe like kind of like just below mid thigh. I think that was going to be very comfortable in the summer weather. So I found this pair of shorts that looked like they were going to be that. Well, I got them and they were like shorter than half of my running shorts that I wear. <laughs> and these things leave absolutely nothing to the imagination either. It is all on display. And I tell you what, now that I got that privacy fence put up in the backyard, I will wear those things proudly because they are the most comfortable pair of shorts I own. And it's perfect for the summertime. 
disturbing. Hey, there's no pictures. It's so just it, it, in the backyard. It's your wife's favorite shorts, I'm sure. Uh, I wouldn't blame her. <laughs> uh, uh, Katie said it, not me, Adam. Uh, blame her. Do you drink so, beer, Katie? Um, yeah, sometimes. Oh. I'm I'm kind of a beer snob, though. No, that's fine. I, yeah, that's I actually am great. When it's not pandemic, <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of high life right now. But um, so, when can you drink beer again? Oh, I can drink. I have no, I have no restrictions um, as far as. Um, anything goes really. I can. Oh well, yeah. I guess they removed one. They didn't. They didn't give you a new one. So it's not like. Yeah. Like your 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 one you have is healthy and doesn't need to recover. Right. So the way they like explained it to me is, um, your one kidney it just automatically like takes over the functions of the other one. It just and it like eventually like grows a little bit to compensate um and it just takes a little while but i mean you pretty much have full function with that kidney and are just normal (laughs) so i don't really have any restrictions the only restrictions that i have um well i have to make sure i stay hydrated which i already do that anyways so that's not hard and they say you know try and maintain a healthy lifestyle which of course, I try to do that anyways. Um, but I have to stay away from um, NSAIDs. So any type of ibuprofen, anti-inflammatories, things like that are very hard on your kidneys. So I can't take those. And if I do, I it has to be a very short amount of time. But other than that, no restrictions. So there you go, guys. If you, need, if you know someone who needs a kidney... Um, you might be a candidate. So and I was it's not that bad. I was gonna say if I can just yes, um, please say this real quick. Um, like I just want to encourage anybody that um, if you, I mean, obviously it's not for everyone. Everyone's lifestyle isn't um, conducive to it. But if it's something you know, if you've always felt like you're maybe missing something you know, and you want to help someone and you just don't know how, um, and you're able to, it is, um, it will change your life. I, um, I can definitely say that this has changed my life and it, the outlook that I have on life right now, seeing my dad the day after surgery, walking in the hallway, um, smiling, telling me how good he felt. I mean, it's, it's just something that you yeah, I'll never forget it. And so it's if anybody wants to talk about it or, you know, wants more information about it or I mean, other than the recovery, it doesn't affect you at all. You just live your normal, healthy, active life. So just wanted to throw that out there. That's awesome. So we've had we've we've had people come on and talk about raising money, getting people to donate to charities, and now we have Katie Talking to people about donating kidneys. Donating organs. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a... There's so many people that need them that have just been waiting for so long. And you can save a life. 
Oh. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoyed talking to you for the entire length of the conversation, Katie. <laughs> I enjoyed talking to you, too. And Adam sure. for you. <laughs> it was nice I, of him to drop by for a little I bit. I look forward to listening to my own show and to what you had to say, Katie. Good. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for coming on and uh best of luck on the rest of your recovery uh we hope that you're able to you know get back out on the streets soon um who knows that the rate i'm going this summer you might be me back onto the streets um but adam i thank you for um you know logging off and on to your computer quite a few times tonight yeah uh K- katie you can find her again on instagram uh k the letters k t in the last name biro b-i-r-o on instagram thank you for joining us you don't have to hang up as soon as we stop recording if you don't want to katie have to th- we got to start saying that before we interview people because it always winds up in the interview adam and it's gold but um yeah thanks everybody for listening tonight uh stay safe stay clean Stay home if you can. For the love of God, wear a mask. Don't look into donating organs if you would like to. And that would also be a good time to arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor. And enjoy your miles, everybody. Oh, I I hit record. I have to hit stop, stop recording.